Good morning, it's Wednesday. It's the 21st of October, and this is your property news update. Hi folks, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for following. I do hope you enjoy these little snippets every day just to keep you well informed of what's happening out there across the whole of the UK. And today's source of information is Property Investor. Today, .co.uk and their sister websites. So first in today, a lettings chief says, London may never regain its appeal to the typical renter as new data shows the capital is still struggling to recover. Room sharing service, Spare Room, says that the price of the average London room rent in the third quarter of this year was £725, and that's down 7% from the £780 in quarter three. 2019. Although London fared worse than the other English cities, it was actually Edinburgh that saw the single biggest rent drop out of the UK's 50 largest urban locations, with rents in the Scottish capital down 10% between quarter three and quarter three 2020. Telford, Glasgow, Gloucester, Ipswich, Birmingham, Reading, Aberdeen and Stoke-on-Trent also showed declines, although only between 1% and 2%. Once again, London dominates the headlines in terms of falling rents, and it's generally the most expensive neighbourhoods that are worst affected. With so many young renters leaving the capital either to find cheaper rents to move with family or to leave the UK altogether, it's hard to know when or even if London will regain the, the appeal it had before the pandemic. Now that's come from Spare Room Director Matt Hutchinson. What we're seeing might just be a temporary shift in the rental market or it may be the start of the UK's rental map being redrawn permanently. Even if young renters do return to the capital in their previous numbers, affordability will be their absolute top priority in a city that already had an affordability crisis. Spare room analysis looks into detail at the rent falls across the capital. So rents in EC3, which is Oldgate, are down 34%. W9 in Maidervale, Paddington, down 20%. And SW1 in Westminster, Belgravia, Plimco, down 17%. Now they saw the biggest falls in London decreasing dramatically from what was £1,244, and £1,108 to 824, 788 and 922 respectively year on year. The only London postcode district that didn't see a drop is SE with rent still sitting at £713. Taking a closer look at the capital's postcodes, there were also dramatic rent decreases in W10, which is North Kensington, NW8, St John's Wood and W8, which is Holland Park. And they are all down by 16% from £932, £944 and £1,132 to 785 
797 and 956 respectively. MW1, which is Camden, saw rents drop from 1,011 to 860, which is down 15%, with SW6 Fulham down 14% from 939 to 807, and SWB South Lambeth down 13% from 856 to 744. Now, there's another warning today that buy-to-let landlords wanting to expand their portfolio are in a race against time to seal the deal before the stamp duty holiday ends in March. Now, buy-to-let property broker um, is a master is the latest to warn that delays throughout the property purchase chain are making it unpredictable to say when a completion can occur. Angus Stewart, the property master brokers chief executive says that lenders are hiking their mortgage charges because of the worsening economic landscape whilst delays are the order of the day there are several delays generally with lenders sometimes taking weeks to respond to inquiries there is a similar story with many solicitors now we've had to remember with employees working from home and in some cases self-isolating the property market generally is struggling to keep up with demand. Now, Stuart cites a series of delays has encountered uh, that he's encountered include a lender increasing their underwriting time from five days to three weeks and suspending their telephone lines and another having an average of on hold time of 40 minutes or more. One lender is now taking at least three days to respond to inquiries whilst others are yet to respond to emails and chases sent over two weeks ago. He says another lender is taking 10 days for a case to be looked at by an underwriter, while some solicitors have stated searches are taking two weeks longer than usual. More worryingly, still we are seeing is valuers undervaluing properties and in some cases returning a zero valuation on properties that we would not have expected to present a problem. We've even seen this over properties that we know would have been acceptable to the lender but when we've stepped in and challenged the valuer's decision the lender has been unwilling to overturn what the value has said. He claims it is thought that this may apply to some leasehold properties with controversial cladding, which has been considered dangerous since the Grenfell Tower tragedy. ARLA Property Mark is backing a cross-industry call for more information to be provided to politicians who go on to make housing policy. There was a report last week that the National Residential Landlords Association had called for a Welsh housing survey along the lines of the widely respected English housing survey to help inform politicians changing lettings regulations in that part of the UK. Now, Property Mark has signed a joint letter to the Welsh Government arguing that more independent data would allow for greater comparability and accountability between the UK nations. A Welsh housing survey would collect a wealth of information such as data on the proportion of private rented sector tenancies ended by the tenant, the levels of satisfaction amongst social renters and the percentage of owner-occupied homes that are under-occupied, says an ARLA property mark statement. Timothy Douglas, the policy and campaign manager for ARLA says accurate data statistics and evidence are vital 
crucial for good policy making. Therefore, we are pleased to join calls with other organisations in the sector for a Welsh housing survey. Housing plays a vital role in people's lives and property standards. The role of agents and the actions of landlords and tenants as well as home buyers and sellers. They all need to be better captured in order to ensure policymakers have an accurate view of the industry and ultimately make the right decision. Agents in some parts of the country may be able to make use of data from utilities comparison service U-Switch, which has drawn up working from home information for buyers. Its remote working index taps into the trend of some people seeking to move from major cities to other locations where they may get an improved quality of life, especially if they are to spend more time at home because of the continuing pandemic. Harrogate in Yorkshire has emerged as the best place to work from home with its combination of super fast 60 meg broadband, large amounts of green space in the area, low crime rates and good schools. Other locations in the top 15 are Bath, the Mendips, Derry City and Strabane, Wigan, Cheshire, St Albans, York, Edinburgh and Swansea, plus St Helens, Cheltenham, Basingstoke, Stockport and Exeter. In comparison, big cities fare poorly are Birmingham, London and Manchester. At U-Switch, a spokesman said that the pandemic has turned our working routines upside down and given many of us a taste for what our lives could be like if we worked from home on a more permanent basis. With the likes of Derry and Wigan so high on the list, it shows how different our priorities are once we are liberated from having to worry about the length of our commute. When choosing a new place to live, on the assumption they were working from home, 53% said house prices were most important, followed by green space at 45% and broadband speeds at 34%. A fifth of people want to spend more time working from home even when the pandemic is over and one in six employees want to work from home full time when life returns to normal. So folks, that's it for today. I hope that was useful. Please don't forget to leave a review if it was and I'll see you back here tomorrow at the same time. And don't forget, no matter what you do today, have some fun. Take care.